Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Wait, are you watching uh, football today? Are you enjoying your Padres day off? I was listening on the radio on the uh, drive home, but I haven't turned the game on. Listening to the radio? What? Who are you? Yeah. 97.3 The Fan. The football game. Interesting. Yeah. They, I don't know if football on the radio. On. Does that does that work? Does football on the radio work? It's uh, it's like the national announcer, so he's good. Oh, you know? Just drilled my hand on the coffee table, or the, not the coffee table, just the, the desk here. Oof. I heard that. Yeah. Um, so this is episode 94. Our Cowboys currently covering. So you love to see it. And uh, I hope you're ready for a lock of the week at the end of the podcast, Wade. People are. Oh, I'm ready. After my victory. To redeem, your, uh, redeem yourself after. Season last year. Tanking last year. It was too hard to watch that. I mean, great comeback by me, but also you got, you got to know when to finish off your opponent. It's kind of on you. I uh, clearly won last year. Check. Oh, yeah. The tape. Yeah, the tape says we tied. That's what I know the tape says. Anyway, so on today's show, um, we've been pretty pro Hosmer the last couple of years, haven't we? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Uh, I laid a bunch of over bets on him in the offseason. I liked the home run over bet, which was, I think, 21 and a half. Uh, I thought he was prime for a bounce back and or, or just continue. I thought he was pretty good in 2020. I thought he was going to continue that. And he has not. Spoiler. And we've talked about it on the show a bunch, but now I'm I'm really over it. So we're gonna. It's time to move on from Hosmer. Uh, I'm shoveling dirt onto the Hosmer coffin, if you will. See, yeah. Adam Frazier has been really bad, so that's something. But the resurgence of Blake Snell has looked real. We're gonna, talk about, we're gonna talk about why. I still don't approve of that nickname. Just want to confirm we were still recording there because remember last time uh, we were recording and it didn't. Turns out it wasn't recording, so I just wanted. To yeah, you uh, you have some major technical uh, difficulties. <laughs> that one wasn't on me. The last episode uh, was not okay, on me. Boomer. Mackenzie Gore and other prospect updates. There's actually a few, several things to talk about prospect wise. Even though we got the end of the prospect season coming up. Uh, 40 man roster, uh, not 40 mans, but the, the September call ups roster expansion is not what it used to be. They've only added two spots to the September rosters. They used to add, you know, like 20 or whatever it was, it was a crazy amount. It was terrible. Wasn't that, and they'd like, you know, have to like add spaces outside of the locker room, like just make lockers in there. Cause like they didn't have enough room <laughs> for all the players that they were like, just up put in some like temporary lockers in the, the yeah. Lexus lounge or something. For guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was absurd. Here's a, here's a folding chair. And then they had like any, any given day, they had 20 pitchers available. It, it was terrible for me. Ba- it wasn't baseball anymore. So I'm happy that they reduced the roster sizes in September. Although now we're seeing fewer big name prospects get the chance to play, which is kind of unfortunate. So, I mean, the pottery is, I guess would have called up. There's not really a lot of candidates because CJ Abrams is hurt, but I guess Campuzano could have been a candidate. Uh, we're missing out on like the more national prospects. Like you're not going to get 
um, Julio Rodriguez or Bobby Witt Jr. or Spencer Torkelson, like the stud prospects. Those guys aren't going to be up now. Cause, and I think it's because of this rule. But I'm okay with it. You okay with it? I'm fine with it. Okay. So all that to unpack. Um, but first, bet online. Wait, let me know. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. I'm so bad at Survivor. So head to the website. I know. You out like week two. <laughs> it seems so easy. So head to the so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your hundred percent welcome bonus. Take advantage of the opening day super promo equals make it a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and you already missed this game if you're listening in the future. I'm watching. Bet online, the fastest, the bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Fade it all is. of oh. Ryan's locks of the week. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to lose money, uh, Tampa Bay's up twenty-one nineteen, and it looks like. Is this first? Yeah, they just Dak just threw an interception, so um, not good for us. We took the we took the eight points. I stand by it. I think eight points is a lot to give the Cowboys, even though Tampa's really good. Uh, I think that Dallas could score with anyone and like, give them eight points. I like it. So need a new kicker. Zerline's killing it. God, Zerline killing me. That reminds me. I wanted to look up if somebody actually owns Zerline and was getting crushed in our fantasy league. Uh, Wade, why aren't you in studio this week? How come you sound like shit? Sound like shit. You sound like I sound shit. Great. No, I sound like I sound great. Why aren't you in studio? It's been a it's been a long week. Oh, it hasn't. You know, Just because you've been had to, weekday weekday drinking. There was none of that. I had to go to two Padre games in a row. One almost no hitter, and then one one cool inning, and then nothing happened. <laughs> so you saw one game. you saw one good <laughs> inning of baseball in two yeah. games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, so speaking of Blake Snell, nice segue there by accident by you. Um, I just wanted to give him a, a quick shout out cause he deserves it. He's been amazing. Uh, over his last seven starts, 188 ERA, 65 strikeouts in 43 and two thirds innings. It looks like old Blake Snell's back. And I'm willing to say that and not just because, you know, Larry Rothschild is gone or, um, Oh, it's a small sample size. He has so many, he had so many. I don't know how many starts it was. It was more than seven where he was pretty bad. Um, the difference I'm seeing is that he's locating his pitches. And I think it kind of started with that Dodger game. Maybe he just refocused himself or something or something clicked because he knew he had success against them in the past. And he went back to what was working. Um, maybe it's Austin Nola being back. There, there's lots of things that have happened with him, uh, maybe in his headspace or um, whether it's coaching changes or catcher changes. He looks way better. He's throwing strikes. He's commanding his pitches better. And that's why, you know, he's not walking as many people. When he, he, first got down, hit, like, he was so uh, inefficient when he first got here. And that's what was killing him. He, he's had his good stuff. Nobody's ever doubted his stuff. 
he was just so inefficient, throwing 20, 25, 30 pitches an inning, um, walking too many players, and now he he looks like old Blake Snell. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, he's your go-to in that wild card. Yeah, if they're playing the Dodgers in the wild card, it's I think it's an easy decision, and it's Blake Snell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, interesting note before we get into the real show. Tatis said publicly he's not getting surgery on his shoulder. What the fuck? Who says that? Why would you say that? He's like, I don't know if that's serious. Why'd you say that right now? It's such a weird thing to say. It's such a weird thing to say. Telling the people on Twitter, like, stop saying, just end the season now and get the surgery. Like, Like you? Yeah, like me. Um, (laughs) Been your staple. I I think he's just joking around. I don't think he's serious. He He didn't look like he was joking around. Touchdown bucks, by the way. We need some points. Um, the thing is, I depends what, what the doctors say. I, I'll just listen to the doctors. If the doctors are like, get the surgery or don't whatever, you'll be fine without it. Like then I'm say, okay, then you don't need the surgery. I'm, I'm not in that room with him and the doctor in the Padres and his mom or whoever is going to be in the room with him. Uh, he's single out there ladies. I think, isn't he single or is he, is he dating somebody? I think he's single. I don't know. He, uh, keeps that pretty private. He does good for him. And I, re- I respect that. Uh, but I'll, whatever the doctor says, it's fine with me. I'm not going to sit here and yell that he should get the surgery or not because we don't know. But if he did get it, I think he'd be getting back right at, he'd be, he would miss all of spring trainings, about a six month recovery. He would miss spring training. He'd probably miss a few games early in the year, depending how quickly he comes back. So selfishly, if he thinks he doesn't need it, I'm kind of okay with it because now he's going to have a full off season to, to work out his shoulder, rehab it the way he wants to strengthen it. And he'll be good to go first day of spring training. Yeah, I, you know, no way of thoughts. I, I agree. Okay. Listen to the doctor. I think get two or three different doctors' opinions. Don't just listen yes. to one. Um, and then uh, you know, kind of go from there. Agreed. Okay. Uh, let's do some prospect updates. It's a prospect show, and the Padres. We know what the Padres are doing right now. Mackenzie Gore uh, has been in the Twitter news. I guess it's not really news, but people have been posting a lot about him on Twitter over the last few weeks. Would you say? Uh, we don't need to spend a ton of time on him because, you know, he, we, we've, he's gotten plenty of attention from everyone, but he's been getting a lot of video taken of him and a lot of opinions, uh, since he started ramping up again in Arizona, his little comeback tour, whatever you want to call it. And he was destroying the rookie league. And that got a lot of people really excited. At first he was back. We haven't seen him in a while. Cool. Um, his command looks better. His delivery has been cleaned up. He's uh, he's kind of ditched that big leg kick, that monster leg kick he used to have. But he was killing rookie ball. This yeah, was a level. Like, this is a level he passed not, like three years ago. If he's not dominating rookie ball, then we have major issues. Like this is what's expected. Yeah, and so the first time I saw uh, our our boy Chris Welsh at Is It the Welsh on Twitter, who lives out in Arizona and covers all the prospects, uh, he does a prospect show and he he covers all the rookie league stuff in Arizona tweeted out a video of him, of, of Mackenzie Gore pitching, and the stat line was very good. And my response, I retweeted it, was just like, okay, first step, let's go. This was, like, I'm not too excited yet. He, he looked good. He's back. I'm happy. But that this is not a thing to get too excited about yet. They're bringing him along very slowly. He's not pitching deep into games. His last start was September 5th. He threw five innings for Fort Wayne. This is his first start above rookie ball um, since he started this little... Comeback tour. 
three hits, three runs, four walks, five Ks on 82 pitches in Fort Wayne. So not the best. Apparently he's, he's cleaned up a bunch of stuff with his mechanics. Um, this is supposed to improve his command and his control. And, you know, he, he's still, you know, dipping his toes back in. He's not handling a full workload yet. He just came back as his first start at this level in a while. So the only problem I see here is four walks. So that's, I thought we're, the thing we're trying to avoid the most here is get him throwing strikes, get him commanding the fastball again, which, you know, which made him such a good player. He's not, he's not throwing 99, but he needs to have strong command of all of his pitches, which was made him the best pitching prospect in baseball. Four walks in five innings is not going to cut it. So I don't think it's necessarily discouraging, but, uh, Anyone that was like really encouraged by what he was doing in rookie ball, like he was the number one prospect in ba- pitching prospect in baseball. He he was supposed to kill rookie ball. He did good job. Let's see how he does. He he started the year in AAA, folks. You know, AAA. That's that's where we need to get him back to before I start um, waving pom poms again and thinking that he's going to become what he used to be. Because it could just be a bad year for him, and that's fine too. Uh, that happens to prospects especially pitching prospects who deal with a lot more injuries, um, catastrophic injuries that will cost you significant, you know, more than a couple of weeks with a hamstring or an oblique or something. Pitching prospects, when they get hurt, they can really get hurt and miss, you know, years of development. And so if he misses a year, he's still really young. I'm not too worried. Uh, let's start fresh next year. That's what I'm looking forward to. I agree. Luis Capuzano, on the other hand, has been crushing it. He was really bad in the majors. He started, you know, started up the year you know, below 200 hitting for the potter. It didn't get a huge sample size is it, it, whatever. He wasn't meant to have that job for long in the minors this year. He's hitting 295, which he's always, he's always hit 15 home runs, 905 OPS, which is to 20, 20% K rate. And he might be the answer at catcher long-term. We've known this for a long time. He had a bad outing the start of the year with us, but going down to the minors, not striking out a lot, still hitting, still hitting for power. And as a relatively young catcher, he's 22. I haven't loved what I've seen from Caratini the last couple months. Uh, Caratini was kind of carrying us for the first, what, half of the season, would you say? But what has his value been lately? Caratini has just been, I don't even know, to, I don't even know when he plays or not. Is it, I only know when he plays because of you, Darvish. Caratini just kind of floats in and out of games. I never, I never know what he's doing. Does he have a hit in the second half of the season? Not that I've seen. Uh, <laughs> and we pretty much watch every game. Yeah. He, I, I mean, he's not really playing. Nola's in there every night. Nola's in there. Nola's been good, but I think that no one has blown the doors off of the catching position. Uh, I long for Austin Hedges. He's, he's been no one has made me miss Austin Hedges, uh, or no one has not made me forget Austin Hedges, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Who's having a decent season. No, he's not. He's having a terrible season, but that's not <laughs> important. Uh, Campusano. He's not the answer this year. I don't think you can throw him into a, a, a wild card race right now. It's a catcher and there's no DH. No. So what you're going to expect him to handle the staff, Snell, Darvish. Uh, I'm going to throw Paddock in here. Musgrove uh, on the fly. He, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't worked with them all year. It, just, yeah, no. Next year's the year to bring him up. But the, the team needs the bat pretty desperately. And I think a combination Get Caratini. If Caratini is going to have any value, it's getting the best out of you, Darvish. And if he's not getting the best out of you, Darvish, Caratini can fuck all the way off. Sorry, I don't want Caratini on this team anymore because he's not he's not doing that. 
So next year, give me Nola, give me Campusano, give me some offense. The te- the offense looked terrible. The, the, the offense this year needs to be redone in the offseason. They need an outfielder who can hit. They need a first baseman who can hit. We're going to get to that in a second. But also, I think they need more production out of catcher. And I think a Nola-Campusano tag team, where Nola's probably getting more of the work until Campusano's bat decides that he's going to get most of the work. I think that's your catcher tandem next year. Do you have a problem with that? No, I completely 100% agree, which is very rare that I it agree is, with you. You usually hate everything I say. True. Carat- what does Caratini do? His only job, his, he had one job, and that's to, to babysit you, Darvish. That's why he's here. He's not. Yeah, doing I mean, you can't hate on him because he did have a good first half of the season. He did. Like, he carried us for the first half. He played his role. He's also never really been anything more than what we're seeing right now. This is not right. He's never been that everyday catcher. This is who he is. He had that one big, what was that walk off grand slam against somebody? I think, uh, that's a big hit. Good for him. That's his one. He has a pottery memory. Congratulations. That's all. That's all he needs is one, one good pottery memory. Maybe one in the wild card game. We'll see. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> Rebiel on You have any idea if I'm saying that name correctly? Sounds about right. Are you looking at it on the notes by any chance? Yeah. Rubiel? I think that's a good guess. Rubiel? Rubiel? Angeles? Yeah. Sure. And uh, Robert Hassel were toasting Lake Elsinore, which I'm always going to get confused now. Lake Elsinore is low A. That's going to mess with me for a long time. But yeah. they were 2-3, second and third, respectively, in total hits before getting promoted uh, I think it was a you know week or two ago to uh, Fort Wayne, which is now high A, and I was just stumbled over it again. Only behind Luis Matos of the Giants, and that's because Luis Matos had 57 more at-bats than they did. Angeles hit 343. Hassel hit 323. Angeles is 20. I think Hassel is still 22. Um, I think he's younger than 20. Is he only 19? Fact check that while I'm uh, going through this. Uh, this is ahead of guys. So like Luis Matos is a top 100 prospect. Noel V. Marte is like a top 20 prospect. Ezekiel Tovar, uh, Alex DeJesus, who's with the Dodgers. Some big prospects in this uh, in this division of the league. And those guys were smoking it, hitting, in the, hitting over 300, um, leading the league in hits. And they both got a deserved call up to Fort Wayne. Um, also promoted catcher Brandon Valenzuela, who had a th- just, you know, just a 380 on base percentage as a catcher. Um, catcher USA for the Potters. Catch- Potters are producing some catchers all of a sudden. No one that's really impacted the majors yet, but it looks like, uh, you know, well, they used to have Blake Hunt. Blake Hunt's gone. Austin Allen. Um, at least they were producing major league quality catchers. Hey, touchdown Cowboys. Do you have any Amari Cooper stock, Wade? I do not. No? Well, that's a, that's a Dak Prescott toss to... Uh, Awesome. Uh, I stayed away from all Cowboys in fantasy this year. All right. Awkward transition time, Wade. Uh, we lost power at the studio. Uh, we're on Miramar Road, and there's randomly weather today. There's rain and lightning and thunder, and the, the whole building lost power. Just this building, by the way. No, no other building on the street, for some reason, lost power. But we lost power for about 10 minutes, and we're back. So, who knew? Yeah, if you uh, hear thunder or a dog barking my dog thinks that barking you know scare the thunder away so does your dog guys. react to the, did you hear any thunder does is margo yeah fighting it there's thunder she she's trying to fight it 
She's okay. a fighter. You know how that goes. Not scared. Not not scared, which is a good thing. Not scared at all. So we covered the last guy we talked about was Brandon Valenzuela, the catcher. Kevin Copps, who the Padres took in the third round this year, 99th overall guy. I think we're pretty excited about. We've mentioned a couple times. He was the go-to guy, stud, uh, lean on me guy at Arkansas during the College World Series this last year. If you're watching that, he's up at Lake Elsinore now. Low A has pitched seven innings without allowing a run. So this guy is in the bullpen next year, I think for sure. He's already 24. He's going to bring him up through. this year. I mean, yeah, yeah, why not? Exactly. <laughs> I don't see a downside. He's older than Fernando Tatis Jr., which is yeah. nuts. <laughs> and we we need arms. Bring him up. Do need arms. So he's an option. I mean, I don't know what the, the plan is with him innings-wise, but he's hardly thrown in the minors this year for us. So maybe he does come up at some point if they really need him. A little maybe a little Ryan Weathersy action where, you know, Weathers made his debut in the postseason and kind of surprised everybody. No one had a Skyner report on him and it's boom, it's Ryan Weathers time and no one knew what to do. That could be Kevin Cox. Why not? Yeah. All right. You want to get into the, the juicier stuff now, Ed? Let's do it. That was the aperitif. This is the, this is the entree. Wade, as of today, Potters are off. So no changes here. The Reds are off. The Potters have a 44.2% chance of making the playoffs. The Reds That's are That's higher 30- than I thought it would be. Well, yeah, it goes up and down every time they win or lose. So, like, it's hard to kind of keep track. That's why it's so stupid, these percentages. I'm going to go over some percentages, but also be aware that they're pretty stupid because, well, like a month ago, the Potters had a 70-something percent chance. And then a week ago, they were at 25% chance. So, you fucking know. They don't know. But uh, as of today, 44.2% chance. The Reds are at 37.8%, and the Cardinals are at 7.3%. So, that's the odds for that second wild card spot Padres weirdly everyone says the Padres have the, the the toughest schedule remaining the Reds have the easiest the Cardinals are just kind of there but a lot of people I think were picking the Reds because just based on schedule to make the the wild card game and now the Padres where, weirdly have a higher percentage where are the Phillies in this I didn't if they're they were below the Cardinals I didn't even look they're below seven percent who cares gotcha that's how I feel. Cardinals beat the Dodgers today. They did. Good for them. I'm I I was one of the guys that didn't worry too much about what the schedule looks like going down the stretch. And the schedule schedule going down the stretch is nasty. It's they're they're going on a trip right now to go to LA, then San Francisco, then St. Louis. That's this upcoming road trip. And then they come back and they play San Francisco again and in San Diego, and then you know they're gonna play LA again. Um, it's a really tough schedule, but the Padres have kind of played the same baseball regardless of who the opponent, they, they play the same level they play at as a good team versus a bad team. There's, there's kind of been no difference. And uh, I feel like they like this team, like steps up more against the bad te- or against the good teams actually. against the good teams, like, Yeah. And they kind they, of half-ass they, it against uh, the bad teams. Yeah, they don't get up for the bad teams. So that's why I kind of didn't, I don't really care too much about the schedule down the stretch. I think the Padres get up for big games. So do you think this is a playoff team? If you can come back and I mean, he pitched well last night and Blake continues. Yes. Yeah. I think it's all up to, I think it's Darvish and Snell. It's up to those two. Yeah. Cause I think, and, I mean, Paddock's been doing well. If he can give you a couple, like two more good starts. Yeah. He's been fine. Musgrove has been great all year. I'm not worried about him. Um, yep. The offense 
has not looked good, but I do oh, think that's, that's the one worrying. That's, yeah. Frazier. It's um, all up to Frazier. Yeah. If Frazier gets hot, then yes. <laughs> um, let's talk about Eric Hosmer for a second, because he made one of the worst defensive plays a first base by first baseman I think I've ever seen. And this is I've seen the play where he ran in. I was watching the game in Houston, not at Houston, but I was watching when he ran in on that fly ball and just overran it and it dropped behind him for a walk off hit. This play might be worse than that play. And you're yeah, at the uh, game. Were you were you paying standing, attention? I was standing in line watching TV at Puesto. Oh, Puesto. Shout, Shout out to Puesto. Taco. Yeah, best uh, um, best food in the ballpark, definitely. Over Bona Forchetta, huh? Yeah. That Buena Forchetta is not the same as the one in South Park. Everybody knows that. Didn't I fun? They don't have their best uh, items. Not the, Actually, not the, a, to, not the a menu, the unfortunately. Yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did you, I mean, so you saw it on TV then. That's a better view than probably even at the game because you're you're watching the throw yeah. and you're not watching the first baseman. You could, And I doubt the Padres were going to replay that on the on the big screen for everybody. They did not. Yeah. Uh, I thought that's one of the worst plays I've ever seen by any player at any level. If you did this in our softball league last year, I w- might fight you in the parking lot. <laughs> what the what the hell was this play? You've played first base, Wade. What was this? I have no idea. Like, don't even know where to start on that one. Mark Grant had nothing to say. They watched the replay, and Mark's like, "Well, I I don't know what Hosmer's doing there. I don't know what he's doing." <laughs> <laughs> and I've, he does this a lot where he's trying to get the big bounce for himself and to make it an easier play. Okay, fine. Um, this was not one of those plays where he needed to do that. The The bounce was fine. And more importantly, he didn't have the time to do it. it, it the guy's hustling down the first base. The ball hits him because Haas were sitting on the wrong side. of. I've never seen, <laughs> I've never seen a ball hit a, a guy running because the first baseman is standing on the wrong side of first base. And, like, how many balls has Hosmer caught at first? He knows what side of the bag to be on. Yeah, you would think so. there's a big white line. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, if, as a left-handed player, your left foot, your back foot goes onto the base, and you reach out with your right arm to catch the ball. I, I have no idea. If you ask, I don't know what the interviews were. I didn't want to hear what he had to say about it. Um, probably was a bunch of bullshit, but something like he, he probably thought he had more time. Um, he wanted to play the big hop. Uh, he does that play all the time. I, it was wrong. All of it was wrong. It, doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what he says. There was no excuse for that play. No. He has four years left on his deal. He can opt out after next year. He's not going to opt out. The last three years of his contract, the salary drops down from $20 million to $13 million. I think we can dump him, and I think the time to dump him is this offseason. And I know that yeah. everyone likes him. Not, not us, but you know his teammates. I think his teammates really like him. I think he's a good teammate. I think the coaching staff, all the players, everybody in the clubhouse respects him. So well-liked, respected. But he is definitely hurting this team. And it's not only a negative offensive production at at an important position on the field where you generally expect a lot of offense, first base. So he's hurting you there. Great. He's also a huge negative defensively. He's a liability out there. Yeah. Players, I mean, Cronenworth's face said everything you needed to. It sums it up perfectly. Just the look on his face after Hosmer jumps to the wrong side of the bag to feel that. What it was a perfect what the what the fuck is going on face. Um, 
he was, he looked so confused. I felt sorry. I wanted to go give him a hug on the field. If they can fill his spot with a real offensive contributor, not, not like an Adam Frazier, but like go get someone in the off season. Maybe that plays left field or something. Cronenworth goes to first base. Tatis goes back to shortstop. I think, uh, without this huge minus defensively at first, I, I, I know it's probably not a, a thing that anyone on the team would want to admit, admit, especially mid-season. Moving a guy like that mid-season is tough. But in the off-season, when you don't have to look him in the eye every day, and then all of a sudden he's not there, and you have to say goodbye, and it's sad. Um, I think the off-season is a perfect time to do it. You're going to feel bad for him, and then you'll move on. Because, hey, now you can skip throws into first base, and you could get outs, as opposed to what's going on right now. He's he's yeah. losing he's losing outs and it's not necessarily games yet but it could be enough lost outs leads to lost games. Where do you think Hosmer ranks defensively on Fangraphs DEF ratings? So this kind of normalizes defensive stats across all the positions. So first basemen are always kind of negatively valued because they don't add a lot of defensive uh, metrics to to a team. I mean it's one of the you catch the ball there. It's it's nice to have a really good defensive first baseman, but really bad ones tend to not hurt you. And even the really good ones don't add a ton of value. So they're always rated really lowly. But where where would you think he ranks among just first basemen? Second to last. Uh, no, so he's, he's actually pretty high. 25th out of 30. And the thing with this is it doesn't include plays like the one we're just talking about because that's not an error on Hosmer, even though it's one of the, it's a very bizarre play. Um, you could call it a stupid play. You could call it a brain fart. I don't know. Um, the play where he, he overruns a pop-up or one bounces off his glove in um, foul territory. Uh, not all of these are errors, unfortunately. And so he's not really, he didn't get hurt by that play. So, that kind of just shows also how bad he's been. He's not only he makes the plays looks the ones that should be made, even though they're not errors, he he still misses them. Um, ground ball percentage. How do you think he's been doing hitting ground balls this year? For, among first basemen. Or no, is this among all players? I forgot what I looked up. It's among first basemen. I think I did. Um, fifty-five percent ground ball rate. That's not good. It. No one, no one else is at 54%. The next closest guy is 53.1. And that's Josh Bell, who was basically dumped by the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, to go to Washington. Hosmer has a 308 BABIP, which is league average. I know you love BABIP. It's Big a league bad. average. Yeah. It's a league average BABIP. He hasn't gotten unlucky this year hitting. It's it's because he hits ground balls 55% of the time. Um, hasn't been lucky. Hasn't been unlucky. And this is kind of what we, this is what we're, it all kind of blends together into one big melting pot of suck from Eric Hosmer. Unfortunately, the yeah. ground ball rate, he didn't, he didn't fix it. I thought he was going to fix it. He's one of the worst defenders in the league. Um, and one of the worst defenders at first base. And I don't know how you, I don't know how they keep him on the rock. I, I would do anything I can to get rid of him in the off season and potential trade partners are going to be hard to find because of the salary and the length of the salary. But I think you take a chance on a starting pitcher. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's Madison Bumgarner. Maybe it's Patrick Corbin, and you kind of try to rehabilitate one of these guys into a viable starting pitcher. Cor Bumgarner's actually been pretty good this year, but Corbin um, makes a lot of money, and he hasn't been good. The problem is you're going to have to attach a prospect, and I don't want to attach anyone of of really significant value. 
and we've kind of depleted the farm system lately. I don't even know who you would consider doing that. This is probably an exercise that we can do in the off season when we can do a deeper dive on who we think oh, we would will be, be really good candidates for a trade. <laughs> but don't, I mean, it's, there's no yeah. way he's, he can't stay on the team next year, right? Unless, Pellers, they, unless he does something crazy in the playoffs and has an unreal playoffs. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, if they can sneak into the playoffs and he's a hero, that that's the only thing that can save him at this point. You're right. Yeah. And unless they win the World Series, that can end up hurting us long term because then he could revert back to regular Hosmer. And right. now, and now we've decided to keep him. That could hurt us. But if they win a World Series and he's a big part of it, then fuck it. I'll like let's name a bar after him in the gas <laughs> lamp. Like I'll yeah whatever. You'll go there before every game. <laughs> yeah, and I'll do a toast to Hosmer. I'll drink a fire shot or whatever he wants the, the Hosmer drink, whatever it is. Um, honoring Eric Hosmer. Adam Frazier has also been really bad. This is a small sample size. Since he's joined the Padres, he's hitting 235. That's after he just had a multi-hit game the other day. He was hitting much worse than that. He was hitting 324 in Pittsburgh. And you could say he needs to, this is him adapting to his new role. Uh, it's a new team, new city. There's new pressure. Uh, he's not the, he's not the all-star that he was on Pittsburgh. He's surrounded by, you know, other, like, you know, Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth. Right. He's protected in the lineup now, which makes no sense. Like, no. And I guess unless teams were like, I, I'm just going to pitch to every single person on the Pirates because no one can hurt me. Yeah. It's seven to one. Like, I'm not going to, Frazier yeah. has four home runs this year. I'm not worried about pitching Adam Frazier. Right. Oh, he slapped a single to the, to the opposite field. That's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this about him. He's 29. He's a career 280 hitter, which is good. Objectively, that is a good career average. It's kind of boosted up by this season, but fine. If he's a 28, let's say he's a 280 hitter going forward, who has a career high in a season of 10 home runs, which he's not going to get close to. He's not going to sniff that this year. A 280 guy who hits seven to 10 home runs, no speed, um, not big production from one of your key offensive positions, which is weirdly now second base and also the outfield. Um, I don't know what you do with him because he, he sounds kind of Kimish to me. Hassan Kimish, that is. I, I, don't yeah. know how you, I don't know how you keep both. I think Kim adds more versatility defensively. Uh, I think Kim has potential to be, you know, somewhat close of a hitter, like, you know, maybe a 260 hitter with, with like a 20, 15 with, home runs. Yeah, 15 to 17 home runs over the course of, you know, if he got, if he had 600 at bats. I, I don't know how you keep both. Um, where do you see that ending up next year with both these guys? Because Frazier's on your contract for one more year. I think it's Frazier's starting spot next year. So let's say they move Hosmer. You just slide Cronenworth, who's. I hate just wasting Cronenworth at first because he's so good at second. And look at what he does in shortstop. It's stupid. And I feel kind of bad just making him play first base. Can he? Is he up for a gold glove this year? Cronenworth? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what position? I don't know. Just baseball player. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, you know, maybe he splits time because he's left-handed. It, it, it works for a, maybe a natural pl platoon with Will Myers at first base. I'd be, I'd be into that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I'd rather give Jake. Go get a real, go get a real one. Or give Jake off. All the at bats and just not even factor Myers in there. Okay, I just feel it, it seems like such a waste defensively, but for Cronenworth, but um, 
yeah, I guess you keep both and you find a starting spot for Frazier. It's probably second base. And you keep Kim kind of just in his current role. I think I'm I think I'm okay with that. Other positives for Frazier. I mean, this he's he's done all this with Pittsburgh, but it's a 113 weighted uh weighted runs created plus, which is you know 13 points above league average. League average is 100. Um, he doesn't strike out. He's got a he walks a bit. He's got a seven percent walk rate, which is fine. Um, he his line drives are way up this year. So his BABIP is way up compared to years past, but his line drive rate is up this year. So that's kind of why I'm okay with the high BABIP. It's the highest BABIP he's ever had. It's like three thirty something, but with a high line drive rate, that's kind of what you expect. You have a higher chance of having a productive hit with the line drive than you do, you know, soft contact. So he's, he's been a two war player this year, which is fine. And I, I like two war players as a useful player. Um, but he hasn't been out with the Padres. So that's the only reason why I'm cautious here is do you, do we commit to Frazier? And then if we, if, if we get, you know, old Adam Frazier, not 2021 Adam Frazier with the Pirates, does that warrant him having a starting spot on the team? 280 with 10 home runs and, you know, he's, he's fine defensively, but. Yeah, I think you take that. It's just, it's, it's not 1992 anymore. It's not, it's not very sexy as a second baseman. They might, they might play Kim a lot more next year too. We'll see. But uh, the trade, the trade really hasn't worked out at all. Nothing, nothing that probably really did at the deadline has worked. So no, I think, I think I, there's gonna be a pretty, I think there's gonna be a big shakeup next year. I think they get, I think they go out and do something Padresy, Prellery in the yeah. off season. Spotty. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the, the, well, the off season shows, especially since uh, we're gonna have probably a lot to talk about in the off season after, uh, you know, they're, they're making the wild card. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Wade, they are, they are making the wild card game. And I'm going to say they win the wild card game. Against the Giants? I'm out there. No, on the Dodgers. Against the Dodgers. Blake Snell's going to pitch. Okay. And Blake Snell's going to be lights out. Love right. it. Two home runs uh, from Tatis in that game. Hey, Dallas uh, making moves here. They're down two with three minutes left and have the ball. So let's go, Wade. Third and long. Speaking of <laughs> lock of the week, it's back and uh, you have a chance to redeem yourself. I last won last meltdown. Check the tape. Everybody knows. I'll start. We didn't talk about this pre-show and I hope you're not picking who I'm picking. I love at home this week, my Washington football team. That, oh my God. That was my pick. I think was it is it a pick 'em right now? Are they are they one point favorites or one point dogs? One point favorites. One point favorites. Give me it's a it's a it's a pick 'em essentially. They're at home. Week one, people are gonna be jacked up and Chargers traveling East Coast. You know, West Coast teams don't travel well. Um, there's actually fans there this year, so that's gonna matter. That Washington team's gonna be good this year. Everyone, I mean, everyone likes the they defense. got a quarterback. They have a real quarterback. It's- He's good for Magic. at least he's he's good for at least six good games this year, and this is gonna be one of them. Washington's good, sneaky sneaky good team, and I think they are actually a division contender. Give me Washington, I'll I'll take the one, I'll lay the one, I don't care. Washington football team, Wade, what's your lock? That was my lock. Uh, we should probably discuss these before the game. So. Probably should, but uh, I mean, have have a second lock ready. That's that's kind of on you. You've got you've got the lines, you know, 
in front of you, uh, brought to us by betonline.ag. Check them out. Show, sponsor. So uh, what, are the, what are the lines selling you, Aid? You know, I am going to go with Philadelphia plus 3.5 at the Atlanta Falcons. I think Jalen Hurts runs that, run, runs that team well, and three and a half points is a lot. That, that's incredible analysis there. Um, Thank you. I, I, like mean, the extra half. Uh, I like the extra half. Who are they playing again? They are playing the in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Uh, yeah, week one on the road. In a dome. I don't hate it. Uh, I like taking points week one because we don't really know anything yet. What I would say is that uh, if you're betting out there, find some find some public money online and then bet against it. You know it. what? What? I'm changing my pick. I'm going oh my to Miami God. Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Plus three. It's in New- You're taking another road team. Plus yeah. three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that one I don't like as much. What? I mean, we do some side action here. Maybe, uh, I take Philly and you take Miami. You know, we'll talk about it. If you're betting at home, take the, uh, Washington football team. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, I did like your Eagles pick. I'm not so sure about your Dolphins pick week one. I mean, that could be three and oh next week. We'll see. Three and oh. God. Yeah. I just gave you three picks. No, you didn't. Anyway. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Fire Farm Hands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Pottery's Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I'm Ryan Hart. That was Wade. Talk to you next week. Don't do, don't do, don't do. Toward your destination, though you may find from time to time. We tied last year, don't forget. Yeah, right, dude. It was a tie. It was not a tie. Then how come we had the same winning percentage? You're adding, like, some random fucking over that, like, you. What do you mean random over? It was the Super Bowl. It was one pick of the week. I went five and one. Five and one on the Super Bowl. I earned it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.